Welcome back to Gunsmoke, a Spire RPG actual play from the House of Bob. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm playing Istrin Malel, the spider descendant midwife. I'm Dan. I'll be playing Hugo Verite, the Vermissian sage. I'm Alex, and I'll be playing Geroth, the cannibalistic carrion priest. I'm Christina, and I'm playing Leon LaCroix, bartender by night, night by day. And I'm Jake, your game master. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit us at patreon.com slash thehouseofbob. Last session, you had a bit of time to kill before your meeting with Ignatius at the showing of the Weeping Maiden. And we left off with Istrin and Ugo sneaking through the back rooms of the arena towards the kitchen after Leon had distracted the guards by starting a fight outside in the audience. So Istrin and Ugo, you uh, make your way down the stone spiral staircase in the tower and into the back hallways. There are a few people milling about, but most are focused on their work. It's easy enough to avoid their attention. And eventually you make your way to the entrance to the kitchens, which is a wooden door set into the stone wall with a small glass porthole. And you can see the flickering light from ovens within, and you can hear two muffled voices speaking to each other inside. Uh, you want to take a little peeky peek? Uh, yes, I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do it. A little sneaky peeky. Without risking exposure, what you can see from inside the kitchen is couple brick ovens on the back wall and then a long kind of working area down the center of the room with you know various pots and pans and implements and you can see two people at the workstations one is a brown and black furred knoll with a, a food stained leather apron and a hairnet and the other is a drow with ivory white skin and hair as well and she stands a little bit. She's dressed in a sort of nice-looking purple vest with a kind of loose, ruffled white shirt underneath. You catch bits of the conversation. And the woman is not shouting, but <laughs> kind of chewing out this knoll a little bit, going, no, no, you, you don't understand. Everything must be perfect. Stanza and Blossom will both be in attendance tomorrow. They have highly refined palates. You can't just throw in some spices willy-nilly. You know, the knoll is going, uh, yeah, yes, Miss Chalet, yes, yes, I understand, yes, Miss Chalet, everything will be to your precise specifications, Miss Chalet. The uh, drow continues, you know, see to it that it is. I, I don't have time to discuss this. I must finish preparations for tomorrow. And uh, with a huff, she turns on her feet and starts to head towards the kitchen door that you guys are hiding behind. Hmm. Let's stand on the side that it swings towards. <laughs> when she opens uh-huh. it, she'll, Yeah. What if it's a ball? What if it opens inside? Oh Did my god! you guys god. check that? Yes. <laughs> do, do we have to roll for which side? No, it's okay. <laughs> the kitchen door, I assume it opens both ways. So. Yeah, why pull when you can push? <laughs> sure. We could have you roll a quick little stealth check, maybe? Whoever has the best. I don't have, uh, what, what is it, sneak and... Yeah, sneak and we'll call it actually high society. I have neither of those. Neither do I. Cool. Okay. So it's just going to be a straight D10 then. Glad we're on this together. Yeah. You want to go or you want me to go? You you have at it. We'll see how this goes. My rolls have not been great of late. Well, that's an eight. Nice. Eight is, yeah, success, no stress. So good. She's already kind of in a huff and seems to have somewhere to go in a hurry. So she just pushes the door open and marches right past you. Her you know, boots clicking on the stone. I think Istrin still would have her magic vision on, right? 
Do you remember which one I did? Was it Eyes of Ishka or Web of the Mistress? Uh, I believe it was the Eyes one, the okay. one that lets you see magic. Uh, cool. Then yes, I, so I I couldn't remember which one I cast at this point. Uh, if fair. it's Eyes of Ishka, then yes, it's still there. Yeah. You notice that her hands are stained with some kind of magic residue. And, you know, you see the kind of trail of magic leading just in the direction that she's walking down the hall and around the corner. So like an after image is what I'm seeing as she walks away, basically. Like like a, just a little trail, a little whisk okay. of magic that's following behind her. Mm. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. What were the two names that she mentioned again? Uh, Stanza and Blossom. I got close. Are we familiar with these? I don't think you would know offhand, but if you guys maybe... What kind of skills you guys got? Academia? I think this would be a high society thing, so call it investigate high society, I think. I've, I've got investigate. investigate. Nice. And this would be what they call, I think it's called a partial, I can't remember what it's called, but there's basically a, a, a rule for like low risk roles. Like if you just don't know a thing, it's not like your brain's going to blow up. You might still take <laughs> a little bit of stress, but it's like, it's I think maximum one stress on a failure kind of deal. Oh, that's disappointing. I got fives. Two fives. You're disappointed your head's not going to blow up? <laughs> I'm disappointed I got two fives. I'm excited uh-huh. about the head not blowing up. That's fair. Do I roll as well? No, we'll just do the one roll for now. Okay. So if you have something that you can use to research more, like if there's people you can ask or a book you can find or you know a newspaper you can read, that kind of thing, then you could try again. But as it is right now, just in this hallway, uh, you don't happen to know who these people are now. I'll look into it maybe a little bit later, but fair enough. Yeah, that's what you've seen so far. The Noel is still in there. He's kind of looking at the few plated food items on the workstation in front of him. Kind of has a annoyed expression. And after a little while, you see he goes off into the back, you know, into a kind of side room and you can hear him rummaging around in some shelves. All right, I slip in. I follow. Let's do this. Is there any <laughs> other doors or is this like the only way through? From what you can see, there's, this is the only door into the kitchen, but then the kitchen kind of leads off to a storage room behind it, which is where the knoll went. Well, oh, so we don't really need to be in the kitchen? No, that's where we were going to meet the guy. Yeah. Oh, Tomorrow okay. you're meeting Ignatius here. You just wanted to kind of scope it out and yeah. get, you know, see if there's gotcha. anything, any information here that might help you. Do we have any idea where in the kitchen we're supposed to be meeting? And just in the kitchen? Can't be that big. The freezers. Yeah, just in okay. the kitchen. And yeah, okay. again, like like Dan says, it's not a huge place. Yeah. All right. I slip in. Let's have a look around. Let's do an investigate as well. Investigate low society. Ooh, I got that. Got a nine. Woo. Success. You see on the workstation, there's a, some warm meals with a few bites taken out of. Looks like the drow earlier was testing these. And you look around further. It's mostly what you'd expect to find in here. Pots and pans and tools and things like that. You see a few kind of crates and barrels. And one of those crates catches your eye specifically. A carving on the crate itself, which reads, Look Shy Meats. And Istrin would know that this is the butchery that Matilda works at, who was the drow mother at your school that you had kind of had suspicions that she may be involved in something bigger. Yeah. Further, there is a stamp on the side of the crate, which reads, Greem's Guaranteed Shipping Co. Mm. And to Hugo, last time you had done some investigating on uh, Ignatius, and you discovered that one of his basically cover identities 
is as someone named Ganford Green, oh. a North Dock merchant. Here we go. How difficult would it be to pop open that crate? It wouldn't be difficult to pop open, but it would be obvious to anybody else that it had been popped open, right? Because it's just, it's nailed closed. So um, the next person to come around would know that someone had been in there. That might be fine. It might not. Mm. I've still got my magic thing going. Uh, Is there any magic in the barrel? Not that you can sense, no. Okay. Any other magic in here you see? Not in the kitchen, no. It seems to be a standard run-of-the-mill kitchen. It's maybe worth noting that your eyes of Ishkra can only see occult magic. So if there was divine magic in here, you wouldn't see it. But sure. <laughs> you kind of doubt that the gods have a particular interest in this uh, kitchen. Yeah, it seems unlikely, but who knows? <laughs> gods not in this room. <laughs> gods at Chili's. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> or uh, what's that burger place that we enjoy so much here? Fungus King. Oh, Fungus, Fungus King. King. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel God in this fungus king tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. I don't know what else to really do in here. No, I mean, like, we don't see any hiding places or anything like that around. All right. I grab one of the shakers and just uh, put it over a bunch of his food. Then I'm out. <laughs> you turn over the shaker and the lid comes off and it's just... <laughs> Dumps the entire shaker of salt on the meal. That's fine. I just uh, flip the meal over. Like <laughs> If it's like a thing of steak or something, I just flip it to the other side and call it a day. Brutal. I think you could, yeah, you, you can find a hiding spot in here, should you wish. I think, okay. again, it kind of leads off into a storage room and, you know, there's some shelving units and things like that that you could hide behind should the need arise. Okay. Is there a window on the storage room door? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Let's get out of here before we get caught. Yep. Meanwhile, Leon. Yeah. Um, I'm beating ass. Currently, there is a <laughs> large drow <laughs> jumping through the air towards you. Excellent. With his fist pulling back, getting ready to try to take you down and letting out a war cry. This is the guy that you had just kind of pushed backwards, and then he tripped over the bleachers, and he got up onto the bleachers and leapt towards you. Okay. When do you? He's mid-jump at me yeah. right now? Okay. Well, I'm going to try to use his momentum to throw him back over <laughs> again. Nice. So why don't you roll a fight, uh, low society? Eight and a nine. Wow. Um, so I grab him by the, you know, his collar sure. as he's doing it, and I just arch him right over me. <laughs> right onto his back, up to the bleachers. Sure. Do you want to roll uh, your stress damage then? D3... And when you fight in front of a crowd, you get brutal, right? So yes. you get to roll it twice and take the best. Oh, two ones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, just one stress for this guy. It just dazed him. Yeah. He is just a guy. He's a fight fan. And you feel like he probably, you know, trains on the weekends, but he's not like a, you know, brawler himself. So mm-hmm. with the hit you had on him last time as well, uh, he's not down for the count, but he's slow to get up to his feet there. Kind of a little dizzy. But you can still see the fire in his eyes. He's mad. He's not going to give up quite yet. Okay. I can't pivot this to be like, ha ha. <laughs> you could certainly try. I'm trying to be bros now. <laughs> That's the kind of bros we are. The fight. You also see the guard that you had distracted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A Noel member of the arena staff here is also pushing through the crowd to get towards you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, then what I would like to do... 
I'm going to swing this guy again. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this dance we're having <laughs> into the knoll guard coming our way. <laughs> so then I'm just going to step away after that. Perfect. <laughs> Hopefully. A 10. jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this fight is going my way. How annoying. Uh, <laughs> so you just get one ten? Or? I just got one ten, okay. yeah. A ten and a seven. Sure. So just as the knoll is parting the crowd and within about arm's reach of you, you grab onto the other drow and whisk him off his feet <laughs> and into the chest of the guard who they both go tumbling backwards in a uh, pretzel of a drow and knoll. You said you were after that, you were just going to book it? Or? Yeah. Yeah. But like casually, not <laughs> casually. Book it. I don't want to like draw more attention to myself. Is that is that in your nature? I guess. <laughs> you love, uh... No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I would uh, be pretty braggadocious about all of this. In fact, I think you get to like refresh some of your stress when you win in front of a crowd. This is true, uh, and that's called the crowd goes wild. So I don't think it's subtle. <laughs> okay, well then I'm just standing up. With one uh, leg up on a on a bench, and I'm like, yeah, with my arms <laughs> waving in the air, <laughs> trying sure. to get them cheering for me. Some of the people around you in the immediate vicinity join in on the cheer, but it suddenly dies down as you hear a loud, booming voice from the center of the arena. A voice that says, perhaps instead of stealing my spotlight, you two would like to come down here and fight me for it, hmm? Do it! I don't fight anyone who juices, my bro. <laughs> <laughs> you look towards the center of the arena and you see yeah, a proud uh, shimmering beast of the dawn. Yeah. The uh, Elfir, basically champion of the arena. He's far away. He's down there. You hear a kind of strange echo to his voice as if it is magically amplified in some way. His opponent is on the ground, bloody and beat. And he raises a hand, a pointed finger towards you. Towards me? Yeah. And I am like, uh... <laughs> oh, me? Who? <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> Little old me? Yeah. I'm like, it wouldn't be quite a fair fight for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you, you can just say no. <laughs> some of us fight au naturel, and some of us are you, my friend, and I'm just going to say no to that. Sure. I think we need, like, a compel low society from you. Okay. No one can force you to fight. If you leave, you leave. But there might be some reputational loss involved, I think. Right. Makes sense. I uh, got a nine. Ugh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody agrees it's stupid to fight this guy. <laughs> Nobody even likes this guy. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do, do it. it. <laughs> the crowd here. <laughs> Run away. Run. Save yourself. <laughs> Call it quits. <laughs> Go home. Go home. <laughs> so supportive. I know. Well, they know. <laughs> you look back and, you know, say your piece to the tall, muscular, sharp-featured elf here who, like, despite being a professional brawler, he has flawless, milky skin and a very handsome face. There's not a scar or a bruise or a wrinkle on him. And he has this really bratty smirk that begs to be punched. One day. <laughs> he wears little more than a loincloth, which is very different from the typical kind of exorbitant and masked elf style. But you 
with the crowd cheering at your exit. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I, I'm waving at the crowd as I leave, and they're all like, yeah, go yeah. for it. Oh, take a break. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> you yeah. will die, guy. Get a good nap in. You've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> Shimmering Beast of the Dawn just kind of gives you a dismissive wave and uh, <laughs> continues his work, and you exit the arena. His bloody work. Curious what his work is. Does he just go like keep punching the guy on the ground? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> sort of unconscious. <laughs> he's already won, but he's now pissed off. <laughs> it sounds like you guys are both kind of heading out then, or everybody's heading out. Yeah, let's let's regroup back at the base, regroup. maybe. Yeah. So you head back to the foundry in Red Row where you're. Uh, Hideout is past the multitudes of doors. You guys, I meet back up. Uh, all four of you go over some of the information you've gathered over the past little bit. And I think we said you had like two days until the start of the play. I think we're probably like the morning of the play now. So if there's maybe a, a quick thing you guys wanted to do, you could. But otherwise, we'll we'll head there shortly. Jeroth is just going to pray before they head out. Have like a little meditative moment. Sure. Are you praying for something or is it just kind of a general prayer? It's a general prayer, but, you know, with the intention of things going well today and us not coming to harm and finding the information we're looking for. Give us luck and watch our backs and thanks thanks for being a cool god. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I did have one quick question. Do My armor refreshes now, right? Yeah, armor refreshes at the end of a situation. Okay, cool. I don't think I have any stress. Let me take a look. You did take some mind stress. I do have some stress. Yeah, I took a lot of stress. Holy yeah, smoke. you picked up the wrong book in the Vermissian. Yeah, took five. You do have a refresh, which is uncover hidden information. So when you do that, you get to heal a little bit of stress. You did uncover Ignatius's cover identity the other day. Mm-hmm. So you probably should have refreshed some at that point. I don't think that's a like huge find or anything. So we'll call it a D3. I'm going to say you learned how good I whoop ass. <laughs> was that hidden? I wasn't, I wasn't there to see. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, dang. I was trying to help you. <laughs> feel like that's not new information either. <laughs> well, you guys knew I could whoop ass, just not how good I could do it. <laughs> Rolled a five on a d6. So that's... That's three. That's three. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. So you can you heal the one like actual stress you took. Mm-hmm. And then you can refresh two of your free slots as well. Yeah. Nice. All right. We good to go? I yeah. think so. Or is there anything else? Yeah. I don't know what else I could really be doing in such short time. We could go to the butchers to poke at that lady a little bit more, but... I thought about that, but I don't know what we'd yeah. get out of it. Yeah. I don't... Like, so far, all we know, there's a connection vote. I don't know what enough to accuse of what, though. Yeah. Maybe we'll find something out at this meeting or something. We'll make it part of the deal. God, I hope they're not planning to blow up the play. Oh, yeah. Well, he, that's where they're meet, meeting us. So, like, it's true. Still, be weird to blow it up while they're there. Yeah. Or it's the perfect crime. Or it's the yeah. perfect <laughs> crime. Nobody can accuse them of a crime if they've did it themselves. Yeah, if they're <laughs> the victims. Yeah. Yeah, I say we can just cut to <laughs> the evening. Sure. Are we gonna have to sneak back in again? No. Well, I guess maybe. <laughs> uh, not in, not into the arena. You can just 
buy tickets? No, but down into the... Yeah, but I guess if you want to get to the employees area, you might have to do a little a little subterfuge. Okay. You know where it is and everything now, so it'll be a little easier. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a, like a mastery or something to get back in there a second time. But first, as the evening breaks, you uh, head to the arena. You see a big gaggle of people outside the entrance to the arena. There's a palpable excitement in the air amongst guests, people chattering to each other. There are you know, vendors selling snacks and Weeping Maiden merchandise. You see at least one person dressed up as the main character. Huh? And you also see, just on your way in, quite a lot of Silver Star Knights. This is the knight order that you know was brought in ostensibly to do security for this play. Rivals to, well, really all the knight orders are kind yeah. of rivals amongst each other, but... We don't like them. The Order of the Kraken is no exception there. But you also see city guards about as well. And there's a real kind of noticeable tension between the knights and the city guards. They're, you know, standing at odd corners to each other and staring off and uh, that kind of thing. Anyone I might know in the city guard? Do you want there to be someone you know? It'd be cool to know someone. All right. You tell me who it is then. A drinking buddy of mine. She's still doing her durance. So she's a little Mm, bit younger. Her name is Elsie. Okay. Uh, Do you make yourself known to her or... Not quite yet. I just I just want to clock that maybe I recognize some people. Sure. Yeah, make a note of it for later mm-hmm. shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Anything else on the outside or are you guys heading in? Jeroth is going to like take a look around like the employee entrances at the back. You know, employees who seem like they're having a bad day and maybe just need someone to talk to. Maybe people who got hurt on the job and need someone to lend them a, a bandage or whatever. He's just trying to, you know, be community-minded. Sure. It's important that the church uh, have an active role in the community. Yeah, for sure. There are a couple of the uh, stage crew. Okay. Who presumably were working on sets and that kind of thing. And you see one of them has been injured while, you know, I don't know, sawing some planks or something. Right. Nothing grievous, but enough that he's out here with one of his friends just taking a break. Gotcha. Well, Jeroth offers him some, some bandages. He's got lots of them. And uh, helps patch this guy up and for no real reason other than it's just the right thing to do. And they exchange a kind word and wishes him good luck with the show tonight. Cool. I just want to cast Eyes of Ishkra again. Sure. Okay, that's an eight. You see all forms of occult magic in the surrounding area. You had this effect on as you approached the arena before. And again, we kind of described, you know, there's a bit of kind of ambient, weird magic that goes on in the spire as usual. Yeah. But there's something additional this time, which is you see a sort of little motes of magic being blown by the wind in the area around the arena. And it seems to sort of coalesce in these little piles of dust that are accumulating outside the edges of the arena. Have I seen anything like it before? No. Okay. I'll point it out to the group just so they're aware. It's weird. That is weird. Hmm. All right, let's go in. <laughs> yeah, we all just nod, kind of like, that is weird. Yeah, yeah okay. That's fucking weird. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Anyway. <laughs> you make your way inside the arena proper. You know, you take your seats in the bleachers. Some of you may have plans to break off and try to go into the back rooms or whatever. But uh, what you see as you enter in, you see now that the center of the arena, there's a kind of wooden stage that's been built there. And you see the box seat where Mother Moon, the Noel owner of the arena, where she was last time and she's there again today. 
But then you also see a second box room with two Aelfir. They are both wearing kind of flowing robes of pale blue and gold. One is wearing a like obnoxiously large mask that depicts the sun and the moon, and it has little clockwork meteors and shooting stars that orbit around it. The other's mask is made of live flowers and vines that trail behind them. Their chairs are made of twisting, blooming branches that have been grown out of the cracks in the stone floor, and a, a drow servant stands to their right behind a large block of ice, fanning the cool air towards them. <laughs> And to their left is a, a glittering silver cage with two small yellow birds. Hmm. That's fucking obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, so that means this play does not get played often in the upper levels then. No, not to your knowledge, yeah. This is the only way they can see it is to deign to come down to this area. <laughs> Some of the Silver Star Knights are kind of stationed outside the box room area where the elf here are. That's Okay. We have no business with them. Well, I don't like them being here. <laughs> no. Yeah, if, if some sort of accident happened, I wouldn't be sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> While everybody's getting settled, Jaroth offers to go pick up snacks at the <laughs> concession for everyone. Oh, thanks, man. I'm starving. Excellent. Is there a Fungus King franchise here? <laughs> oh, there's always a Fungus King, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there's definitely the, the truck, yeah. Yeah. Cart, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me look at the menu. <laughs> so you take some orders from everybody. Patty shake, fungus poppers, slime burger, mold nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Double serving mold nuggets, please. Yeah, I'll have a slime burger. A slime burger, mold nuggets. Burger for me, yeah. A fungus poppers for me. And the fungus poppers. <laughs> you got it, everyone. Oh, what the hell? Give me a patty shake, too. And a patty shake. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> patty shake, patty shake. You got it, man. Bakers, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's your kind of general game plan here after you get the snacks, of course? Of course. Well, my, my game plan is actually like the journey to the snacks because mm -hmm. like, you know, in going to see the concession, you can sort of take a look around. You know, we know where this other box is with the Aelfear and their fucking birds and their masks and their bullshit. <laughs> and their bullshit, yeah. And their bullshit. And I kind of want to get a look to see, like, you know, where's the entrance to the box and who else is around? And is there, like, another escape route, maybe, that we can keep an eye on? If it's appropriate, I don't know if this counts as, like, a potentially dangerous situation, but I, you know, would use lay of the land if that's the case. I did have a question that might go with that, too. It's just, like, who is guarding that area? Is that more... Then now Silver Star Knights, or are there actually any city guard in that area as well? I, th I think, you know what? I think it's probably a standoff of the two. <laughs> I think okay. on, on one side, there's right. some Silver Star Knights, and the other side, there's a few city guard. Okay. I feel like Lay of the Land is really meant to be a more kind of combat-y thing. Okay. But I think, like, we could you could roll, and, like, if you get a good roll, then we'll let you use it. So okay. well, let's do Investigate Low Society. All right, six. Success at a cost. Okay. Sure. So we'll, we'll let you do it. You can do your lay of the land ability, which you can basically name three features of this arena that you'll be able to, one of you will be able to take advantage of later. Okay. But kind of snooping around a little bit and some of the guards clock you. And well, right. I'm just going to do a little uh, shadow stress to you. Three shadow stress. Three shadow That's stress. A lot. That uses up two of my free slots. Mm -hmm. And then does that add another one after that? Yeah. So you use up your two free slots and then you accumulate one shadow okay. stress. 
Now, if I were to take shadow stress again later, my is it my free slots are used up or they're like an armor to they're they're used up until okay. you heal it, yeah. Okay. Or refresh it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Damn. The guards are on high alert and they're on edge, especially with these knights here and these elf here in attendance. If things go wrong, it's gonna look bad for them. So they're kind of on edge and they see snacks. and they see this weird carrion guy <laughs> snooping around with this hyena. And they're, they're just kind of keeping a closer eye on you. Right. It doesn't occur to them that, you know, I'm just looking for my way back to my seat because my arms are full of fucking fungus king. <laughs> they think, who could eat that much fungus king? <laughs> right. <laughs> He's got friends. <laughs> I've got friends waiting for me. <laughs> you don't look like you have friends. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but wow. <laughs> Okay, so I can name three things. Yeah. Okay. I do notice like a, a fire exit or something. I notice another way out. Sure. That's maybe, it's not blocked off, but it's not easy to see. So it's, it's out of the way. It's out of the way. Yes, thank you. I also notice that the box next to the ale fears doesn't seem to be particularly well guarded. And I notice that the person working the fungus cane cart as someone I recognize I had, you know, helped with the funeral proceedings for a family member of theirs. Sure. I know them. Sure. By help, do you mean you ate them? <laughs> Aided. Aided. <laughs> I aided. I aided. With barbecue sauce. <laughs> Not fungus king sauce. <laughs> Obviously. Come on. Mm. It was green slime. Green slime dipping sauce. Mm-mm. That's going on the fucking list. <laughs> Green slime dipping sauce. I should have asked if anybody took a program on the way in. Uh, yeah, we well, sure. gave it to us when we gave her tickets or whatever. I'm sure that's a pretty standard thing. <laughs> I assume. Yeah. yeah. You see on the program, Weeping Maiden exclusive showing Red Row Arena. And you see on the inside flap a picture of the playwright who Istrin. And Hugo recognizes the woman that you saw in the kitchen yesterday. Oh, oh she's the playwright. Okay. Miss Shelley. Oh, the one who was yelling at the people? Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. You take a quick glance at the uh, synopsis. You know, it's one of those Shakespearean tragedy type plays. Oh, actually, let me go back a step. This is a style of play called Desson, which is a drow art style, which is basically like a semi-improvised fight ballet. So there is an overall like story, but all the fights are actually fought. And then whoever actually wins the fight, that'll change how the rest of the story goes. How can you that's even confusing. write that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically like being a DM. So. <laughs> what you don't know is they're rolling dice behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this particular play is about a drow princess that is married off to a cruel, unloving duke of a distant kingdom and all the nobles there treat her terribly. So she enacts a scheme to kill all the nobles and kill the duke and free herself. And to do this, she invites the spirit of Lekole, who is the drow goddess of the blood moon, the same deity that the Crimson Vigil worship. She invites the spirit of Lekole into her, which she uses to kill all the uh, nobles and the duke. She returns home thinking she's victorious, but 
She's still possessed by this spirit of vengeance who tricks her into thinking that her family were in on it the whole time. So then she kills her family and that kind of thing. Damn. Typical tragedy type stuff. Mm -hmm. What, again, is sort of the general game plan going forward? I think we want to meet up with the guy, right? Yeah. Did we have a time? Like, Yeah, it would be uh, kind of about uh, midway through the play. Okay. Before the play starts, you see Miss Chalet, this playwright, come out onto the stage. And she gives a kind of typical little artsy speech about how Lecole spoke through her. And she's simply transcribing, you know, her words, that kind of thing. She's wearing an Elfir style mask that depicts the four Elfir deities. And she says, we are honored today to welcome two very special guests, my patrons, a stanza left unfinished and Blossoms on the Moor. Wait, that's their name? Yeah. Oh, I fucking wow. hate them <laughs> yep. so much. Do you guys want a boo? <laughs> I kind of want to see if I can get some booing. Boo! <laughs> yeah. She kind of, yeah, points up at the booth where you saw the two Elephir, and they kind of go, oh, and, uh, you know, kind of do a little queen wave. Can I subtly boo? <laughs> can throw a couple nuggets? I'm sure Drow have, like, a special thing that sound we make that they don't know is a booing, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, frequency they can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is not roaring applause or anything after that. There is a couple people that are, you know, just give a few polite claps out of uh, kind of awkwardness, but it's pretty flat, the response to that. All right. I give a sarcastic, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And then before long, the uh, play begins and you see, again, the young princess being married off to a cruel duke and starting to hatch her little schemes to eliminate all the nobles and the courtesans one by one. Again, once she engages in combat with one of these other nobles, you know, they actually fight to first blood and the actress that's playing the princess has definitely defeated them one by one. One kind of unique artsy thing, whenever someone has been killed, quote unquote, the bodies are left on the stage. And sometimes a stagehand will come and rig them up against the rafters or put them up on some kind of display of these, quote unquote, corpses. And they're painted with strange runes and things like that. Sucks to be that actor. <laughs> and I'm going to need from all of you, actually not all of you, anybody who has the occult Domain? Yep. To roll resist plus occult, please. Eight for sure off. So if I don't have anything, I'm not rolling. Yeah. I rolled three fives. I got a six. Wow. Right down the middle. That's terrible. So Istrin and Leon. Mm-hmm. Istrin, as you're kind of watching the play, you still have your magic vision. Uh-huh. And you see that as these bodies are strung up, and there's these glyphs painted on them that they start to radiate a magic. And as the actors move, they kind of draw arcane sigils in the path behind them. And as you're just starting to put this together, something clicks for both you and Leon. This is the best fucking play you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Nice. Guys, I get it. <laughs> this is so good. Wait, so the runes just, like, clue you into it being awesome? I think we're hypnotized. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Hugo, you look over and you see kind of their eyes cloud over for a second and their eyes roll back for a moment and then they emerge and both of them are just so psyched about this play. Oh yeah. Not only are they super psyched about it, but they see the person beside them not being psyched about it, and that makes them mad. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I pick up Ugo by both of his shoulders and I'm like, don't you get it? <laughs> don't you see how beautiful her pain is? <laughs> but I'm shaking you the whole time. I'm saying that. Who are you shaking? You. <laughs> Me? Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess it just went over my head. I don't I don't know. I'm crying at this point. I'm like, her pain, man. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. So um her pain. <laughs> you go, you uh resisted, mm-hmm. but you still took stress. Yeah. What kind of stress? Mind? That sounds like mine. Oh. Uh oh. It is mind stress and <laughs> it is seven mind stress. Oh. <laughs> I don't even have that many boxes. <laughs> I have five actual stress now. And uh, Leon, same for you. I took seven? Yeah. So what happens when it's more than I can do? Well, there's no limit to what you can take. Oh. <laughs> it's just that... The, it, I just don't yeah. have free slots, I yeah. guess. And there's the increased chance of something manifesting, something bad happening as a result. I so see. for you go, you're actually fine. Oh. Amazingly. <laughs> as for Leon, you are not. Oh, really? <laughs> so you're going to take uh, some moderate fallout. Ooh, this is a first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Exciting. so basically, w- when you take stress, I roll an additional d10, and if I roll under the total amount of stress that you have, then you take fallout, which becomes a kind of actual mechanical manifestation of your stress. The good news is you also get to heal some of your stress immediately after that happens. Five of that stress that you just took. Okay. Up and down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're going to take some, again, some fallout. Yeah, I think it's probably just going to be freak out is the most appropriate one here. <laughs> I mean, sounds like already well on his way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're fanboying pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> you lose it. Uh, you won't calm down until you're restrained or if whatever caused your mental break is destroyed or flees or if you're knocked unconscious. Well, there's some <laughs> options. Yeah. So you had the idea already just from you know what we were describing flavor-wise. Yeah. You're just obsessed with this play right now and it's annoying you that the people around you are not as psyched about it as you are. Those of you that did pass, Jeroth, Hugo, you can see that that kind of general atmosphere is starting to spread throughout the rest of the audience that you know some people are starting to kind of bump elbows and uh, someone talks over the play and the other guy shouts at him to be quiet and... Uh, <laughs> Tempers are starting to flare a little bit throughout the whole Uh-oh. audience. I, I didn't take any stress, and I should have. I got a five. Yes, you should have. So it would have been the same seven. I just oh, rolled seven. once for everybody. Yeah. Don't you have to roll to see if fallout? Yeah. Any fallout? It shouldn't be yes. hard. So six. So same thing as Leon. Then you also heal five of that stress. Cool. But you are freaking out, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you for listening to this episode of The House of Bob. If you're enjoying the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends or uh, hit us up on social media. We're at The House of Bob on most platforms. If you'd like to support the show financially, consider checking out our Patreon. We've got a lot of bonus content there, including a monthly bonus recording, like director's commentary and one shots. And I want to extend a very special thank you to all our current patrons. Couldn't do it without you. You're all lovely people. Thanks so much. Our work for this episode is by Jake at Javix, the audio production by Alex of Austin Audio, and the music 
was by Duke Albert. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Roll on. <laughs> take that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, what? take that, Mike. I hear my hands slapping (laughs) every time. Fight! Oh, I don't have low society. I got no society. There's no high, no low. Uh, You don't fit in with society. Yeah. Anyone I might know in the city guard? Do you want there to be someone you know? It'd be cool to know someone. We could have. uh, What was that guy's name? Um, Not the one that I kind of. The one you <laughs> made feel weird that one time. <laughs> <laughs> there is. I forgot his name now. I have it on. It's on the thing. Uh, Zayler. <laughs> oh yeah, Zayler. <laughs> Zayler and Zayler <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, now someone else. <laughs> the highest of the two roles, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. You take that. You're highest. Okay. Die. We're not adding our roles. No, no adding here. <laughs> Good. Bad at math. Get out of here, math. Stay funky, mycelial junkie. (laughs) Stay fungal. (laughs) Stay fungal. Oh, my God.